Oh, man. <clears throat> I just saw your jam board. Um, good. It's a good dick that you just sent me. Solid, wasn't it? Stately. It's pretty good. It's mid-sized balls, big shaft, big veiny shaft with cum coming out of the tip of uh, it. I really was thinking pee, but yeah. Um, oh, it's pee? You, so it's it's a erect dick peeing. Yeah. <laughs> do you ever do that in the morning? <laughs> uh, no, I don't really get that anymore, man. <laughs> <laughs> We've crossed the, that Rubicon, yeah. It's <laughs> God, I remember waking up with a good hard morning wood every morning. Now it's like about two mornings a week. Maybe. Yeah, I, I would. that's pretty generous. <laughs> Man. Turns out depression and anxiety does a number on your uh, erections. But, hey, listen, people are tired of hearing us talk about uh, how bad we have it. So I'm just going to tell you, I, I want to go the opposite end. I have a lot of money and a huge cock. <laughs> Live with it. You don't want to hear. You don't want to hear about my problems. Fine, I'll just I'll just shower you with my excesses. That's fine. <laughs> Can't please you, motherfuckers. So is that what's going on this week? We've been. People are upset with us talking about our problems. They're upset with us talking about that one here is talking about our problems no more. They want Tanya back, which who doesn't? Um <laughs> what else is there? A guy called us um, called us uh impotence the pod impotence the radio show. <laughs> that is true, but not for the reasons he's saying. <laughs> now we are <laughs> We are virtually impotent, yeah, yeah. but for the reasons, aforementioned reasons. Not virile right. is maybe what you're shooting for. Right, yeah. When's the last time you were virile? Mm, God. The last time I genuinely thought I have a good chance to get a girl pregnant was 2007. <laughs> it's more than a decade virile- ago. Um, is virile and fecund like the same? Or can those two words be used sort of interchangeably? Let me go to the tape and I'll see. I'll make the call on that. Fecund, um, fecundity, which is a very fun word to say. Yeah, I, I guess. Fecund- I guess. I guess they kind of. Yeah, I think. Yeah. Well, I think virile is has more to do with the ability to, to, of the act that causes yeah. fecundity, and fecundity right. has more to do with like your ability to actually produce results. I see. But yeah, when I type it in on my computer, it bring, it autocorrects fecund ba- buddy Garrity, Friday Night Lights. Interesting. Interesting. I'd say uh, virility leads to fecundity is what how I would say it. Oh, so it's sort of like communism. It's sort of like how s- socialism, le- capitalism leads to socialism leads to communism. It's like virility leads to fecundity. Leads to 18 years of... <laughs> <laughs> Headache, am I right? Headache and heartache, baby. Gray hairs. 
Yeah, I'm just. Man. I'll just be honest with you. I'm, I've had just about enough of people hiding behind. Uh, you know what? <laughs> Suck my fucking cock. Why don't you put your real fucking face out there and say something, motherfucker? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I hate to be. I hate to be the the tough guy. Because yeah. I'm not, but man, there's nothing yeah. worse than a bunch of fucking imbeciles that do shit like that. Also, this well, is it's like, a hard t- it's like cyberbullying, Tyler, the creator's cyberbullying thing. Just don't look at it. Yeah, I should follow that advice, but I always look at it. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, we're critics too, so I guess we gotta be able to take a little bit of it back. That's right, that's but right. But look me in the eye, I mean, look me in the eye is what I'm saying. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I try not to take it personally, but I don't. Let's let's just get off the topic. It's the holiday season. It's not the time for is, wishing ill of your fellow cr- man. Even you're right. Even little twats like that. Is Christmas the most feckin'd season, or the most feckin' like holiday? It is definitely the only holiday with a season. Yeah, it's true. Well, I don't. That's not true. Well, I don't know. It depends on if you classify Cal- Halloween. Don't say as it. A holiday. Do not say the spooky season. <laughs> Do not <laughs> say the spooky season. Uh, yeah, I'd say it's the most feck, and I've had the most sex on Halloween or uh, Christmas. I think over historically. Yeah. Historically, yeah. Yeah. Well, because I think there's also the thing of I think. That season that runs from Thanksgiving to Christmas is the most fecund. And I say that because it provides the most opportunity for unexpected weird hookups for whatever reason. I'll tell you why. It's because that's when everyone's home from school. Right. Or if you're trapped in your college town or whatever, that also provides opportunity for weird, unexpected yeah, okay. it really does. <laughs> or <laughs> getting drunk at the holiday party, like shit-faced. You make out with someone's wife. It's 1955. You're married. They're married. You make out in a broom closet. Starts an illicit affair for nine months in a suburb outside of New Haven, Connecticut or something. <laughs> like, Let me ask you a question. If you were on the business end of that, would you ever want to know about it or would you just want to be blissfully ignorant? Uh, blissfully ignorant. Absolutely. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Absolutely. Anybody, I've never understood the concept of like snooping around in phones or like digging around. Like, why the fuck do you want to know that shit? You, you, don't bring any suffering on yourself that isn't warranted. Now... Yeah. Granted, you could say, Terrence, that's kind of your whole thing. You have um, you have done this since you were a child, and my only response to that would be, you are right. I've not quite figured out how to um, not bring more suffering upon myself, but I'm learning. Yeah. Um, well, one way you can do that is embracing the mystery of whether your spouse or partner is going out on you. <laughs> right. I do feel like um, a holiday party, though, is where all illicit affairs begin. Not all, but a lot of them. Because, you know, you're shit... Yeah, a, a million percent! Yeah. I mean, you're hammered. Someone is... Your buddy, Jeff, 
from work is shit-faced, and he's dressed up like Santa. Um, I mean, his marriage is ru- is an uh, absolute nightmare. And so he's just drinking his way through it and dressed up as Santa and just trying to um, find the only bit of happiness out of the season that he can through that. Uh, I did that for years. <laughs> that the, one Hall- the one Christmas... I don't know why I keep saying Halloween. The one Christmas party that we... I guess we were formerly invited to regularly. Right. I'll never forget one of <laughs> my banner years happened when uh, I went there and I tarried a little long at the uh, sauce while also mixing it with benzodiazepines, which is a recipe for disaster. <laughs> uh, went home with somebody and the next day I said, uh, I was like, oh, God damn. Like, I hope that I didn't make an ass out of myself or really draw attention to to anything and I remember calling a friend of mine up that was in attendance I said let me ask you a question uh on a scale of 1 to 10 when I skated out of there <laughs> how noticeable was it and they said to me you really want me to be honest with you I said yeah I said was it discreet did I kind of slide out of there and he said you looked like you were leading a goddamn marching band <laughs> Oh boy! Wow. So, I think that might have been one of the same years you woke up in a bathroom floor, mm-hmm. uh, going off that Molly water. I, I, yes, I, um, somehow managed to pass out in the bathroom at a at that Hollywood holiday party. Um, you got me on that shit, and I, all I really remember from that night was just needing to i would go back to the bar and i mean i drank like a fish too but i would go back to the bar and i would say just give me some goddamn orange juice or something i'm so dried out i just had to keep drinking fluids man. that was one of those parties and i'm sure everybody can relate to this where you're so fucked up you're making out on the dance floor like you're that sloppy when you get that sloppy um it's it's no good <laughs> No, hell no. <laughs> Nothing good happens after that point. <clears throat> no, hell no. That is the worst trajectory, though, for a party. Being shit-faced, um, hooking up on the dance floor, and then passing out in, in a bathroom. <laughs> yeah, that's the that's the the hat trick of uh, absolutely. Just... <laughs> and the weird thing is, like, yeah, I, we could never do that now. No, you know what I'm saying no. Like, I'm 35 years old. It's just fucking pathetic. But <laughs> if you're 25 years old, have at it. Go for it. Right. Enjoy yourself. Right, right, right. Um, it's not acceptable anymore. Definitely, no, man. man. I've, there's too much. As I look at the light shining down on my head, there's too much of my scalp revealed to enjoy myself <laughs> like that anymore. Yeah. Shurrah, shurrah, pal. Yeah. Holiday parties are very... I mean... There isn't it. There is a entire holiday season. I was listening to this story on the radio this morning about how thirty years ago, a radio DJ in like Fort Wayne, Indiana, or you know, Midwest Heartland Midwest, discovered that if you started playing Christmas the day after Thanksgiving, ratings went through the goddamn roof. So that's why every year, Christmas music starts the day after Thanksgiving because apparently yeah people want to feel nostalgic they want to feel that special feeling 
The story, however, was about how this year Christmas music started as early, usually I think on average started as early as late October, early November, and in some places they were even playing Christmas music in July, all the way back to July, and ratings were going through the roof. And the reasoning was, is because this year is so shitty. <clears throat> People associate Christmas music with the end of the year. And that's why they feel good about it. And also just because people like to live in the Christmas mindset, man. They, they love it. They love to live inside the, the holiday season. People want to live in the snow globe towns. You know what I mean? They, they want to be... Uh, <laughs> they want to be uh, George from It's a Wonderful Life. You know what I mean? They do. Uh, they, what they forget about that is... The guy almost killed himself. <laughs> he wanted to kill himself. <laughs> Which is what make Christmas makes me want to do a lot of times anymore. Uh, uh, oh, if you, I mean, if you are a citizen of Whitesburg, Kentucky, and if you live downtown, every single minute of your day will be filled from with Christmas music piping over the downtown stereo system hung from every light post that man i think it, i think that's i i can't swear to it but i think it's got something to do with the cia <laughs> i think it's really the musical equivalent of like when they tie you down and just drip water on your forehead <laughs> you know what i mean dude that it, shit is it was bad yeah, i can't handle it it was bad it was like they played all the all the regular hits, and when we lived downtown, obviously, you know, we heard it all day, every day, being Jack Frost nipping at... Man, I, I, I did notice this last year when there was the uproar over, maybe it's cold outside, There, somebody cheekily, I remember coming home, somebody cheekily started playing... <laughs> They played that a lot more than it got a lot more play than it would in the normal year. <laughs> uh, it's almost like whoever's 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 the minister of propaganda at the city of Whitesburg <laughs> was making an anti-PC statement. Interesting. We're taking a stand. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, most of that shit they play though. I mean, they do have some good Willie Nelson cuts that they play, but mostly it's just like I don't know Perry Como and whatever. They never. There's there's some good Christmas music though. I'm not one of these people that doesn't that thinks it's all bullshit. Well, they, they've been playing some weird ones though, the last couple of days. Like the ones that are like remixed with synthesizers. It's like Jack Frost nipping at your nose. You know, like some. <laughs> I want to play. I want to just go play. I, here's an interesting social experiment. I want to play James Brown's Santa Claus Go Straight to the Ghetto on repeat and see what people do. <laughs> In Whitesburg, they lose their goddamn mind. They w we would have a revolt in Whitesburg, sort of like how you know Lutherans and Calvinists would revolt in like 16th century Ger Holy Germany or whatever. Yeah. That's we could have something like that. I love that song. Um, no, so yeah, so they um they started Christmas earlier this year for a number of reasons. Um. But man, I just need to say, so back in early November, <clears throat> I, you know, been going to the therapist and all this, and they have a TV in the lobby room, 
and right. they always have the Hallmark channel on. <laughs> and dude, Hallmark is absolutely deranged. I mean, have you ever watched? So sometimes it takes a long ass time for me to get in, and I watched almost an entire Hallmark movie in the lobby there. God damn, son. Dude, if I can, let's see if I can remember the name. I think it was called Road to Christmas. Dude, I cannot. This this set me back like a week. Everything I went into the office subsequently was immediately just overpowered by the bad vibes I got from this movie. Yeah, it's called Road to Christmas. Um, oh, wait, no, there's two Roads to Christmas. There's a Hallmark one and then a regular one with some guy named Mark Jean. Anyways... This was an extremely disturbing film, and have you ever watched any Hallmark movies? Like, Hallmark, yeah. I'll tell you this. Um, my Uncle Don, who long-time listeners might remember from stories of the tale of two Dons, uh, <laughs> it was former garbage man in Whitesburg and a former member of the Pagans Motorcycle Club, fucking loves Hallmark movies. <laughs> <laughs> fucking loves Hallmark and Lifetime Christmas movies. Can't get enough of them. Every time we go up to their house on Christmas and eat dinner, he's just sitting there chilling with like all his jailhouse tattoos, like watching fucking uh, tale of some young accountant that has to go back and like find meaning in the season. You know? Yeah. I'm well. Look, this movie was incredible. Um. It was so banal. I mean, obviously, it's a Hallmark movie. But it's weird, man. Like, the pacing and sequencing of a Hallmark film, like this one, for example. I'll I'll just read you the plot real quick. A TV producer is producing a Christmas special for the fifth year, but she is then told to co-produce it with the host's son. That's what they're all about, dude. Yeah. All the Hallmark movies are so meta because it's like like... They just they just like make movies about making movies on Christmas. Yes, and so the plot of this film was she so she so okay, dude. So they introduce the host's son to the lady who has to uh, this TV producer, and she's hot, right? And the host's son is also really hot, and so she's like, oh wow, she's like taken aback because he's hot, and she, and he's taken aback because she's hot. And so the and so, so that's that's established up front. That's established up front. So they're trying to make this movie, and then they decide that the best way to do it is to take a cross country road trip and like record people's Christmas stories. So the two of them get in a car together, and they go on this road trip. Mind you, two people that don't know each other. So the way that this unfolds, I'm I shit you not, man. It has all of the sort of pacing and sequencing of a porno film. Like, the way that they are introduced to each other, the sort of, like, titillating prospect of, like, two hot people being in a car together as they go across country, as they, like, you know, build up all this sexual tension and shit. And it's weird, man. Watching this movie made me realize that the central impulse behind Christmas, behind the American... I, the specifically American idea to Christmas. I'm not talking about Europe or any of these other places, uh, or you know, any of these other Christian places where Christmas is celebrated. Specifically in America, 
the underlying current to it is libidinal. It is ultimately sexual. And but, you can but, see- but but also too, but also like unexpectedly so. Uh, unexpectedly like, so. Th- like Christmas is about strange ass kind of. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? It really is. It really is. Up to it is. You're right. You're exactly right. It's libidinal. You're not just like you're not just out there having the same old same on the Christmas season. It's like something new and like wow, how'd this come (laughs) about? That's exactly right. So it's like this on several levels. There is like us peasants, right? Like that's the way we sort of engage with it, as this like holiday of fecundity, right? And like. Um, sex. Dude, this but, is such a good point. This is such a good point. Name me, aside from like songs that are like literally about Christmas, the birth of Christ. Name me a Christmas song that ain't about fucking. The, uh, yeah, the a lot. All of I them. want for Christmas is you. I mean, to even like the the creepier, like the maybe it's cold outside. Like it's all it's all about like. Yeah, that's true. Or mom fucking Santa Claus, or whatever. Mom fucking Santa Claus. Yes, backdoor lover. Phoebe. Like yeah. it's hot. I can't name a Christmas song. Okay. Yeah, I can't name that. Many White names. Christmas. We all know what that's talking about, baby. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um. But also, though. Uh, there isn't there is another dimension to this okay. so there is the there is the raw fecundity of it right just the raw physical sexual energy of it but there is another part of it that i think is ultimately also essentially libidinal in its basic function and by that i'm referring to the whole christmas season and the orgasm being, like the money shot, being Christmas Day it's, it's itself. So you have this season that builds up for weeks and weeks. And then, and then you know, you zero in more on the day. You know, you build up your tension more. You, uh, yeah, you do a no-no. it's no the night. only holiday you mark the days off to. You mark the days off of it, exactly. And you abstain. Or people do. I, I yeah, pe- yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> but you know you you abstain from opening the gifts from fully going all the way into christmas you're edging to an extent every single day leading up to christmas in your own small ways you never go all the way but then on christmas day and i'm telling you hallmark movies are the best way to peel this back and examine it christmas day is when you blow your Christmas load, right? You for twenty four hours, you just sit in a stew of your own Christmas load. You know, wrapping paper everywhere, cr- glitter, glitter everywhere. Yeah, food, it, pl- dirty plates Full with crumbs. T- gluttonous. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, it's true. You just lay in your filth for a day. You lay in your filth after you fucking just blown your goddamn Christmas load, man. And then, and then, here's what happens, my friend. Here's what happens. It used to happen to me. It doesn't happen anymore. And to me, it's just back to business. I don't really believe in time as the way it's constituted in the Western world. But the do you remember the feeling of being so depressed on December 26th? Yes, absolutely. 
and then the build-up starts again gradually. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Yeah, an insane thing about life is we just have these little calendar. Like most of it's cultural, most of it's yeah. just the result of us trying to sell stuff. But like most of us just cope with our finite existences by like, oh well, March brings the NCAA tournament. That's kind of cool. Uh, <laughs> April brings. You know what I'm saying? I think that this is why Christmas started so early this year. It's because shit is so bad. It's one of the few things people have to hold on to. That is m- largely an apolitical space. I mean, a- an apolitical mental space, you know? I, yeah. I-, I mean, I, I don't know. Uh, I guess what I'm working towards here is that there is a way for us commoners to celebrate Christmas. We have fellowship. We have sex. We do all the other things. We give gifts and everything else. But... Overriding all of that, and and honestly trying to negate and colonize that whole thing, is the the Christmas of American capitalism, the consumer right. holiday, the holiday where you buy in such rabid, you know, uh, you know, just just rapacity. You know what I mean? Like just. Just Rapacious most- consumption. Yes. Yeah. You know my. You know my favorite. My favorite Christmas song. Now that you say rapacious consumption, and maybe one of the long Christmas songs that isn't about fucking is Tom Lehrer's uh, Christmas. I think it's called Christmas Story or something. Uh huh. Tom Lehrer probably. For those that aren't aware of Tom Lehrer, Tom Lehrer is probably most famous to the youngsters as being the guy who two chain samples on the old dope peddler. <laughs> Which was also kind of a Christmas song. Uh, this was great. I've never heard this song, but it does seem... When was it written? 1950s? Probably uh, in the 50s or 60s. It's a, Christmas time alive, is I think. here by golly. Disapproval would be folly. Deck the halls with hunks of holly. Fill the cup and don't say when. Kill the turkeys, ducks, and chickens. Mix the punch, drag out the dickens. What the fuck? Drag out the dickens? <laughs> Man, look how player like Tom Lehrer was. Yeah, dude. He's like, I'm going to drag out that Dickens. <laughs> Shit looks good. Mm. Wow. Relations no- sparing no expensive sin, some useful, useless old utensil. He also put all of his songs into the public domain at age 92. That's admirable. Whereas Bob Dylan just sold all of his songs to, like, Universal Music or some shit. Yeah, Tom Lehrer's where you want to be. Tom Lehrer's songs took on nuclear weapons, racial injustice, pollution, and the Nazi engineer turned NASA scientist Werner Von Braun. Wow. He took on Operation Paperclip. This is in the 50s and 60s, too. This is... It's tight. Before it was cool. Tom Lehrer's the man. That's awesome. Um, yeah, no, well, so... I, I, I don't know. So, I guess the, uh, the larger point I'm trying to make here is that if you, wanna, if you want to see just the raw image, the holistic image of the Christmas orgasm, you have to watch a Hallmark film. 
Hallmark films pare it down to its most essential, um, you know, to its bare essentials. To, I mean, it remove it fully removes the veil. Fully, I mean, it is ultimately a fantasy. I guess like like porno films themselves, which are fantasies of sex. Hallmark films are fantasy of Christmas. Well, and I mean, also just in general, I mean, their latest big offering is that Mario Lopez is the horny Kentucky Fried Chicken <laughs> Colonel Sanders. Like he seduces like somebody's wife or something. Exactly. I mean, this is all ultimately connected because these Hallmark films are kind of like smut, which, you know, a lot of middle American women love to read you know it is kind of the the sort of the visual equivalent of the harlequin romance novel exactly you know like with like the fabio on the cover and shit a shirtless dude yes yeah yeah a shirtless dude riding a horse and (laughs) holding some sort of chalice that he won in battle with some damsel wrapped around his waist right right yeah but i think i don't know it's i just think it's interesting that um we have a holiday for capitalism. We have a holiday for consumption. We try to tell ourselves that that's not what it is. That is, you know, it is also these other things, religious practice, just well, you know, good old I, well, secular I mean, fellowship. Right. I mean, it's I mean, it's no accident that like you start off as the most important holiday in American consumption. They hitch their wagon to you know, the birth of Christ. I right. Mean, if Halloween would have been about consumption, you can bet your ass everybody in Congress would be a pagan or a witch or something. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it has nothing to do with the religious practice or anything else. It's just, you know. Yeah. That that had the most mainstream mojo, you know, when they right, were right setting the country up. Well, I, I um, sp- I mean, speaking of that, this. This is a good segue to talk about something that I thought was pretty fascinating this year, which was that for the first time in, I think, 800 years, we saw what is called as, you know, the Christmas star, which was apparently, you know, a few nights ago, Ken Lane mentioned Have you it seen it show. yet? Have you seen it yet? I think I've seen it. Like, you I'm can still sure. catch it. I think tonight is one of the better nights for it, but I think you can still catch it to even, like, a few days after Christmas. So it is... A, I think Ken Lane told us it was the conjunction of Saturn and Jupiter. Like, they're close, and so they they put off a lot of light. I think the last time this happened was 800 years ago, and then perhaps the time before that would have, I suppose, been when Jesus was born. Um, because... What, what would have been 800 years ago? Like, like At the signing of the Magna Carta, they just paused and said, fellas, let's go take a look in the night sky. Saturn and Jupiter are, to, are together again, and maybe yeah. this is the, the Normans. sign that we should be signing this, <laughs> this document. Yes. All epoch-turning events happen every 800 years when this star comes out. That Giacomo Casanova was just giving some chick the old two piece, and, or, or like four chicks the old two piece, and then he just looks up and sees the great conjoining and right. just blows his load. <laughs> blows his Christmas load everywhere. Well, I think that is the larger point I'm making here, which is that, and we touched on this earlier this year when the comet Neowise was blazing through the sky. 
But man, if you want to talk about a year of signs and wonders, we are truly coming off of a year of pestilence, signs in the sky, fire. I mean, like, you name it. All of the old biblical symbols are here. They're here. Listen, I want to tell you something. That new atheism did not age well into 2020. <laughs> No. Like, if you're still one of these Sam Harris guys or something, something cosmic is going on. I hate to break this to y'all. <laughs> it is. No, I I fully agree. I mean, I mean, I guess you could argue, perhaps maybe one of these Sam Harris nerds would argue that we are just reading into these signs what we want to read into them. To which I would have to say, so what? That's what they're there for. I mean... What, what are you supposed to do with signs and symbols? <laughs> they, they, they call them signs and wonders for a reason, motherfucker. Yeah, you don't just look at them and say, that's cool. Yeah. You have to piece together some reasoning for what's happening right now. But even then, though, I mean, I, I don't even want to take that sort of rationalistic route. What I'm saying is that you're right. Something cosmically disturbing is going on. <laughs> I, I think it started with a muamua. I don't know what the significance of a muamua was, but a muamua put me in a frame of mind that any goddamn thing is possible, and then 2020 proved it. Yes. Any goddamn thing is possible. <laughs> That's what I'm getting at. I'm not suggesting everybody run back to the church or anything. What I'm saying is don't limit the scope of what you think is possibly afoot. That's right. No, I, I agree. I, I just, even if, again, even if you were one of these Sam Harris types that say, you know, you're just reading the things into this, come on, man. Like, are you going to tell me it's a coincidence that the Christmas star, the ones that three, the three kings looked up at when they realized a child had and they been they were born. bringing gifts of gold and <laughs> frankincense and myrrh. The three best gifts you can give somebody. Uh, did you get any frankincense this year? I did not, no. That's fucking bullshit. Yeah. You know, I mean, and then, I'm, I, I, you have to correct me if I'm wrong, but, like, I'm pretty sure Neowise had also not been seen in a few thousand years. Am I correct? Ne um, Neowise was this year, wasn't it? It was this year. For some reason, I was thinking that was the end of last year. But yeah, you're right. Holy shit. Um, and I remember us thinking at the time, like, you've got this thing blazing through the sky. You can see it with the naked eye. You go outside. You know, it's giving off a sort of reddish, um, you know, tail behind it. Uh, I, I mean, it, this is happening in the midst of a global pandemic of pest pestilence i mean this this it's in, it's significant i think that's significant and yeah neil wise i think hadn't been seen for 6688 years <laughs> Est, i mean of course you know right what was that was <laughs> you right, know what right, I mean? right. well into antiquity right but i mean it just seems to me that we are being shown signs all around us um, and it's even penetrating the sort of ritual practices we've tried to put up for ourselves. So you can have Christmas, and it can be this holiday of consumption or whatever, but 
regardless of what you think, that goddamn star is up in the sky. And that is the same star that was overlooking Bethlehem on that fateful night. <laughs> Dude, that's, that's, that's all we're saying. We're just calling <laughs> balls and strikes here, man. I'm just calling balls and strikes. <laughs> and what I'm saying to you is, is that if the return of Christ is imminent... <laughs> It just might behoove us to do a little Pascal's wager type thing with it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I. I, I am. I am for twenty twenty one. I'm going to tell you what I'm going to get into. I'm going to get into spiritual tourism. <laughs> I'm going to heed the admonition of the scriptures, and I'm going to try the spirits. I tried the spirits I, for a long time, and I tried all of them. You know the thing is bourbon. <laughs> <laughs> I was going for the old man humor there. <laughs> That's all classy. Hey, boys, the Bible says try the spirits. <laughs> Bourbon, gin, vodka. I, I think that, like, you don't even have to be spiritual or even believe in an afterlife or anything for you to read some sort of significance into these occurrences right you know i i mean obviously religions like 6000 years ago probably weren't that like rigid and i mean they were probably more just like you be- have a vague sense of like there are gods they do things oh th- that's why this is in the sky at night that's why this is here but I mean, let's, let me just interject here for a second. Why is there a goddamn uh, cow in the sky? Why is there like a ladle? Like a, <laughs> you know. Why is there a little ladle? Right. You know what I mean? Why is there Orion's belt? Like, why? Those are. Isn't that interesting to anybody? <laughs> I'm not saying it's the god of the Bible or anything, but I just something's got to be afoot. Well, there's... I, I don't know. I mean, I guess that you could say... What would the Sam Harris response be to that, since he would own you with facts and logic if you came with something like that? I think the Sam Harris response would be that, like, humans apply their own images onto these things like we read into the signs and and patterns what we want to see out of them that still doesn't change the fact there's a goddamn cow in the sky (laughs) yeah i mean yes we can say okay you're just looking up there and see you know it's almost like people that like see faces in like wood grain or right faces in the clouds or whatever but or jesus on like a tortilla or something that kind of shit. Yeah, I, yeah that's yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I I get that. Um, I I used to, when I used to dispatch at the fire department. There was this guy who ended up becoming a cop. No surprise here after I tell you what he was into. But he he was persuaded that you could see demon faces in wood grain, like because you know occasionally you will see like the little knots on wood or something look like a face or something. Yeah, you know what I mean. No, I, I, he he was considered those. He was persuaded those were wood demons. I mean, it makes sense. I, I mean, you want to think that you're not alone, right? You want to think that there are other things. I mean, as, as, as much as it, we like to say we're scared by ghosts and spirits and stuff, 
I think it is kind of fun or even com comforting at some level to think that we're surrounded at all times by some sort of, you know, surveilling spirits, you know, something that yeah. is watching us and giving meaning to our existence. Yeah. Yeah. Have you watched the movie A Ghost Story? It's Casey Affleck and Rooney Mara. No. I've heard Bobby it's Prince like, it's like it. an A24 movie, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a, uh, you know, Casey Affleck's character dies and then he like I mean, he's literally is a ghost and they show him as like, you know, with the cartoonish like, you know, sheet draped over him or whatever, but he like has to kind of watch his life play out without him. You know what I mean? Like it's sort of like the, Patrick's, <laughs> like the Patrick Swayze movie, kind of like the. Except he doesn't smash again in the afterlife. Oh man! In Ghost, in Ghost, uh, yeah, P. Swayze got smash again. Yeah, you're right. Well, I guess if there's any theme uniting all of these things, um, you should take away. The, I guess for me what my own reading into these things is um, you can call this rationalistic or you can call it religious I don't know it depends on who you're asking but what I get from these signs and wonders comets stars pestilence you know unrest is that the world is really old and a lot of these things have been here and they've been with us for a really long time. Yeah. And our current system, capitalism, or whatever, is hell-bent on destroying that, on living yeah. in the moment, on having your Christmas orgasm or your consumption fill or whatever. It is absolutely hell-bent on destroying that idea which I think is a fundamental idea to a lot of religions, societies, that the earth is old, that there are, yeah. that this is not our land, that it was inhabited way before us and we have to leave it for people after us, and, uh, and that these things have always been with us. That, to me, is the, is the thread uniting all of those things. And... Um, I don't know. It's uh, if you're trying to draw any meaning from them, I think that that might be something you can draw from it. Yeah, and we're just passing through for a short period of time, and then something else is going to happen. And I think um, something the system also wants to do is is rip apart your sense of wonder and rip apart like sort of yeah. our our. I don't know. I don't want to say traditions because I don't want to like come off as like some kind of religious kind of weirdo. Because there's, I mean, there's there's like a rabid religiosity. I'm not terribly attracted to either. But I I recognize that there is this sort of wholesale sort of washing out of everything that's like unique and wonderful about life, and it's being replaced. I think in our system as like this weird American techno religion that takes the form of Christianity but is really about um, you know consumption and, and the, like the most hollow forms of prosperity and, and, right. and all these kinds of things right and I think there's some I think I, I am as equally put off by that idea 
like the Sam Harris shit, like that rabid atheism, as I am like sort of like overzealous Christianity or whatever. Right, right. You know what I mean? No, I, I, I'm the same way. I mean, you have to find a sort of middle ground there. Um, Ken Lane said something. We need to bring back the the madmen and the shamans and the mystics and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> I I am devoted to a religion that just dabbles in all of them and just takes what we like from all of them. It's just a celebration of everybody that has ever passed through this rock. Well, uh, yeah, that's I guess that's ultimately what I'm saying. I'm not like a shaman does not necessarily see s- symbols and events and occurrences and signs and conforms them specifically to a specific belief system. Right. A shaman takes the signs and says, here is the meaning to you. Here, here is what the, the world is trying to tell us. I guess, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I get, yeah, the world. I mean, truly. I mean, if you're talking about pestilence and fire, I think the world is trying to tell us that this isn't tenable anymore. People are dying uh, at a clip that is, I mean, astronomical and is only getting worse. We we are so good at normalizing things, man. Three hundred thousand yeah. people died this year in this country. I mean, of, of the same thing. You know what I mean? And I know somebody would say that. Yeah, well, uh, two million people died of heart disease or whatever, whatever. It's like, yeah, but this was like. We had the tools to stop this from happening. Yeah, I mean... From the beginning. The thing... Yeah, I mean, sure, I don't know how many people die from heart disease or whatever, but does heart disease completely wreck society? Like, you know what I mean? Does it infect 20 million people? You can't can't catch heart disease from uh, going to the grocery store. Right, yeah. You can't catch heart disease from going to Thanksgiving Day. Yeah, I guess, I mean, if you go to enough of them over the years, I guess you can. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. this. I mean, this single-handedly transformed all of our social relations. Yeah. You know, exacerbated things that were already there. Alienated people. Cut people off from support networks. I mean, how, do you, how many people do you know who've lost friends or relationships or whatever? I mean, this is... It has caused mass disruption in society's social relations. Um, yeah, no, yeah. If you have a heart attack, your friends are not are not gonna say, hey, "Man, I'll probably wait," you know, until we get a vaccine to come over and see you. No, it's not no, isolating in that same way, you know. No, cr- the thing about COVID is COVID is the singularly most uni- revolutionary force. Go. <laughs> COVID is the singularly most revolutionary force to hit domestic American society since probably the actual Civil War. And by that I mean it is is drilled down, dude, into the economic base. You know, bores through all the cultural and political, you know, superstructure on top of it into the economic base itself. Just like a virus would, you know, and has inserted its DNA into it and has disrupted everything. All of that. I mean, truly. I mean, I think this is why Americans are, you know, I, I got this thing on my phone today, this Apple News alert. Like, you know, we're at the in- Everybody can agree 2020 was a bad year. We're at the, you know, we're ready to sign off, get it out of the way. And, and still, still looking for that guy that just, it all came up him this year. <laughs> Jeff Bezos. 
and yeah, well, and, and Bill yeah. Gates. I mean, say no more. Yeah, there's like eight guys who actually did pretty good during all of this. Just mopped up. And the, it, I guess then the point I'm trying to make though is that there was hardly anyone not touched by it, and that yeah. is revolutionary, my friend. I mean, yeah. And and when the envi- I mean, like we've said before, this is an ecological catastrophe. When what we do to the environment can have a blowback like that, that's pretty fucking insane. And so, yeah. and so, yeah, you look at the disease, you look at fire, the symbols like uh, police structures, you know, burning, and you, you know, a, 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 like I said, a, a, a symbol as old as civilization itself. You see comets, you see fire in the sky. You see fucking star signs in the sky that mean have meant something to people for thousands of years. Yeah. Then you know you are forced to reckon with the fact that human civilization has been around for a long time, um, and that we have to leave the world somewhat intact for the future. I I don't know how people. I don't know. I guess what I'm saying is I'm pleading for people to read into those things through that sort of lens um, and to also get your rocks off at a holiday party. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Look for signs. Look for wonders. Be on the lookout for pestilence and earthquakes in diverse places. And if you can, blow you a big load at a Christmas party. (laughs) Make it a white Christmas, baby. Man. And that's the best you can do. That's the best yeah. you can do in life. Actually, don't go to a Christmas party this year. Just right. I was going to say, even our holiday parties have, have been totally <laughs> Yeah, that's like, oh, wait, yeah. Yeah. The one, one thing, thing I did look forward to. One thing that hasn't been taken from us is Kirk Cameron, star of the Left Behind series, showing up on your doorstep maskless with a couple dozen other Christians and singing Christmas carols for you. <laughs> He's doing that. Yeah, have you not seen this? Man, um, it's so it's so weird, man. And I, honestly, I don't wish that anybody should perish. You know, I'm a Christian. I don't wish anybody should perish. But like, it's gonna be so f- not gonna be so funny. But if like the Christian God is real, you know what I mean? Isn't it gonna be weird? All these people <laughs> thought they were the most pious people in the world. And they're just right. really just selfish assholes, like self-aggrandizing assholes at the end of it. This is pretty funny. Kirk Cameron holds second peaceful protest to sing Christmas carols. Um, the actor urged his followers to, quote, let your voice be heard, comparing coronavirus safety guidelines to the movie The Giver. <laughs> like, of all the dystopic authoritarian like well, that, t- that shows you how like baby brain they fucking are a book you read when you're like in fifth grade god that introduces damn, dude. You to i the feel concept sorry for people wet like dreams yeah the thing about the giver was that it had wet dreams in it <laughs> yeah god so baby brain man oh man um yeah, no, I, the guy who is in a television show with a main character named Boner will show up on your doorstep. <laughs> That's right. 
We'll show up on your doorstep to sing um, Baby It's Cold Outside in order to own the libs. <laughs> He's going to sing Baby It's Cold Outside, but it's not going to be Baby It's Cold Outside. It's going to be like the lyrics are going to be twisted around to not be about fucking. Oh, yeah, you're right. Well, I think the thing with Baby It's Cold Outside, I think the pe- reason people didn't like it was it's basically like a woman trying to he's, leave. He's, coer- he's coercing her into staying. Right? Yeah, right, exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah, so, and, and and these type of people, like, insist on, like, which it's not even, like, a great song anyway, you know what I mean? Like, it, But these people insist on singing it just to, you know, to get a rise out of people. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, that's bizarre. Um. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, it's Kurt Cameron. What else do I have on the whole? I mean, what's your what's the Terrence Ray uh, Christmas movie lineup? Oh, right at the gate, Home Alone, man. Home Alone. Got there. Yeah, yeah. Home Alone's great. I, I love these debates because every year it's like the same people that think that saying uh, um, Die Hard is a Christmas movie is the most subversive thing you can you know what I mean like they'll say oh my favorite Christmas movie Die Hard and they're waiting for you to say no Die Hard's not a Christmas movie or Gremlins is another one Yeah, Rosemary's Baby if you're an art student <laughs> you know well it is interesting this is this is a fascinating question because it raises the question of what makes a Christmas movie so by those guidelines, I don't know. The ultimate message has to feed into a larger Christmas ideology, right? So Gremlins, right. while it does, it is premised on the idea of gift giving and right. how some gifts and fecundity and fecundity. You're right. Don't feed them after min after midnight. Right. Um. It does. I mean, I guess the the main message there is that you can give gifts that um, pay, have payoff for quite a long time afterwards. But I guess the genius of Gremlins is that you get so um, things get so insane that it starts to turn more into like a, in some parts it's a horror movie, in some parts it's a thriller, like monster movie. I mean, it never comes back in the end to an ultimately Christmas message like you know what I mean whereas Home Alone for the vast majority of the film Home Alone takes place during Christmas right but it doesn't really have a Christmas message until the very end right Right. where I guess Kevin McAllister is reunited with his family and they put their differences aside because it's Christmas and he sees like the mean sort of homeless guy get reunited with his daughter (laughs) right (laughs) yeah you know the guy's like watching from the creepily watching from the window yeah (laughs) (laughs) right joe pesci and daniel stern the wet bandits are made to pay for their crimes their sins their anti-christmas sins because they exploit christmas Right, which the Wet Bandits, I think, was it you that pointed out that they don't actually steal anything. They just like to wreck your basement by flooding. They it. just like to fuck your shit up, right? They don't. <laughs> they're just mischievous. They're just mischievous band. It's funny they like case, they like case houses to just do like <laughs> vandalism. 
Right, right, right. As like grown men, not even as children. You're right. But Pesci's still incredible in it. <laughs> it can't miss. You're right. Joe Pesci, a 65-year-old guy, like posing as a cop to case a house to, to wreck the basement. Yeah. So their flood insurance will kick in. <laughs> it's just these guys don't actually want anything. They just want to wreck your basement. Right. They're. I mean, maybe they are revolutionaries. They're going around the, the suburbs, you know, the gated That's communities. Think about this. Yeah. But yeah, Christmas. This is a fascinating question because if you compare Home Alone with Gremlins. They are kind of similar in the sense that, like, they use a lot of the tropes of Christmas. But I guess Home Alone, in the end, has a unifying pro-Christmas message where Grim- the end message of Gremlins is that, like, man, sometimes things can get just get out of control. <laughs> sometimes things get away from <laughs> Sometimes me. things get away also- from <laughs> Okay, so to be a Christmas movie, you have to have... <laughs> What elements? Fecundity? Fecundity, yes. I think that ultimately a Christmas movie has to... It has to have a message in the end that does not challenge the sanctity of Christmas. Or yeah. it, or even more fundamentally that than that, the potential of it to bring people together. Right. Right. So it is, it is kind of... It is kind of reactionary in the sense that it... The Christmas film basically asks you to negate class consciousness. Wait, not, a, not only that. To acknowledge class consciousness. This is fascinating. It, it asks you to, to acknowledge class, which gives you a kind of class consciousness, but it, it sort of reifies it and says that, like, you have to give during this season. You know, because, for example. This is, example. This, is, this is the Christmas. tax. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. I was just going to say to your point, like giving during the Christmas season is your tax to forget about the people that sort of facilitate your good time year-round by making your food, by making your shit, yes. whatever. Yes. Yeah. That is exactly yeah. and, right. And that, and that justifies it. That justifies it. Yeah. Last year, this time last year, I was working over in St. Paul, Virginia. I was doing those bread workshops and shit. Oh, and right. I had to stay at that that hotel. The haunted there. hotel. <laughs> the haunted hotel. I had to stay at the haunted hotel. One night when I was there, all these people from the community descended upon the hotel with tons of gifts. Like we're dude, we're talking like thousands and thousands of dollars worth of toys. And and yeah. so I was sitting down there eating dinner and they and like twenty community members come in who look like they're sort of you know, they're the Buddy Garrities of St. Paul, Virginia. Right. They're like the upper crust, you know. Right. And they're like, we're, we're wrapping these gifts for uh, underprivileged kids. You, you know, do you want to help? And I sat there and wrapped gifts with these people for like two fucking hours, man. And uh, Dog, Let me tell you something, though, about like rich people in the mountains, though. They do those tree, that tree of life shit, that tree of hope shit, you know, where they like, do the shoebox with the gifts, man. Yeah, these people are on some bullshit. They don't give these kids like what they would get their kids. No, they give them the same. They give them the same shit they have to live in year round. They give them like GI Joes and shit, man. I saw it. They give them like baseball bats. <laughs> they get man. Some of these motherfuckers. When I was like, like going to church and doing all that shit, man. 
they would just like, oh, here's like the same busted ass like Walmart clothes and whatever. You know what I'm saying? That like the kids like already live in. You know what I'm saying? It's like they they don't like spend on them what they would their own kids or anything like that. No, it's just like I don't know. Not that that's important or anything like that, but it's just an observation that they like basically just like you know can feel good about giving them like the same shit that they like normally have access to or whatever and that's a fascinating thing about it because it essentially says you you are exactly you called it exactly right for 11 months out of the year you exploited and used all these people but for these four weeks uh you get to make up for all of it by buying a couple of tonka toys for an quote-unquote underprivileged six-year-old in the mountains there is one guy there is one guy that rebuked that notion and that was marlo tackett that's exactly where i'm going with this <laughs> the mountain santa claus who who the if mountain you're out santa. there on the internet and you're praising dolly parton and all this kind of stuff yeah i get it marlo well, wow another cis white man that's that's <laughs> they're putting they're installing over our god queen dolly parton let me tell you about Marlo Tackett. Marlo Tackett ran it. Man, Marlo Tackett, first of all, thing we got to say about Marlo Tackett right at the top. Marlo Tackett, most famous for being, he was like a country recording artist signed to RCA like in the 70s. Right. Had a couple of minor hits, wrote a lot of songs for some people. Was kind of like a respected country singer or whatever. Opened up a Bring Your Own Bottle in the time of Prohibition. Uh, honky tonk over in Bet- near Betsy Lane, Kentucky, called what else? Marlowe's Country Palace. <laughs> Naturally. God damn, I'd love to have a Marlowe's Country Palace T-shirt. Right now. <laughs> well, Marlowe's altruistic vision extended past that, and every year he it, it, he set up shop in Whitesburg for a number of years at the old super uh, the old uh, food world um, grocery store that was like vacant, and he would do this like like two months long like toy drive and use what little celebrity that he had in the place and probably called in favors from a lot of famous friends i know there was like didn't like johnny cash like give a bunch of like toys or something one year or something like that yeah, like he I knew a lot so. of famous people just from being in that world right and uh but he like he like made it a thing and it was good shit and i don't know <laughs> i think where I you're going that, with this or go ahead sorry well, I would just say that while Dolly Parton is, you know, uh, the rich young ruler in the metaphor, I would say that right. um, that Marlo Tackett was more like, um, you know, the, the woman with the issue of blood who gave everything that she had, while Dolly just gave a, a modicum of what she had. That's all I'm saying. Right. Calling balls yeah. and strikes here. You're right. Nobody talks about Marlo. Ta- Nobody was talking about Marlo Tackett's contributions to fighting COVID nineteen. Right, right. Been dead for four years. I but. mean, yeah, I was gonna say because he checked out for a while back. But <clears throat> yeah, I still think uh, he deserves to be recognized. Yeah, he's from Virgie. I've spent a little time around Virgie, my friend. Yeah, Dorton. If you've if you've listened to the Tyler Spend Joker any time song, around I'll Dorton? carry you to Virgie. That's Marlo Tackett country. <laughs> um, anyway, 
Yeah. Well, anyways, he the Pike County Fiscal Court named Tackett the Humanitarian of the Century in 2013. Well, hey, whoa now. I don't see Dolly Parton being named the Humanitarian of the Century. (laughs) I just, all I'm saying is I would put Marlo Tackett's local resume up against Dolly, what anything Dolly Parton's done in the world. Right. It proportionally... I mean, Again, that Marlo is... Marlowe gave everything he had. Right. Right. And he did it while he had cancer. In those last... I think... In those last couple years, he had cancer. Or at least the last oh, year. Oh, man. I remember seeing Marlowe at the Apple Shop Christmas party, maybe a year or two before he died. He kind of did a walkthrough. And I, I, he didn't look long for the world at that point, but... But yeah, he's still, he was still going yeah. till the end, man. That was his big thing. Voice of an angel, too. Go look up Dude, Marlo that's... Tackett on on YouTube. Some of it's weird. It's... I'll, I'll grant you that. Like, he was really big in getting prayer back in schools. That's not, <laughs> not the best thing in the world. But he did have a minor hit. Uh, six, three, four, eight... Wait, six, three, four, five, seven, eight, nine. That's my number. So he kind of had like a spiritual like forebear to uh, eight, six, seven, five, three, oh, nine, nine. Right, but it was East Kentucky themed. <laughs> I play you little sample. Yeah, he was kind of one of those like blue-eyed soul, like country soul guys, like Jim Ford a little bit. Right. Let's get to the chorus, dude. That's a jam. Pick up the phone. Six, three, four, five, seven, eight, nine. So, you think Mike Mike Jones came up with that? Dog, that's. Think yeah, Ario I was going to say Mike came Jones. Up with that? No, that's Marlo <laughs> Tackett, baby. Dude, the quote from this um, Pike County Express News, whatever article, is funny. Everything he did was with power. He didn't know how to do it any other way. That may be why he never made it big. When he sang, he belted it out at 120%. He was a different type of performer, I think. Maybe a little ahead of his time. (laughs) He just fucking belted it into the mic. (laughs) Man. They got to turn him way down on the mix board. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, bring like, it down thanks. to the mix a little bit. Thanks, Mar- thanks, Marlo. Thank you. That's my number. Yeah, that's a jam, man. Oh, man. Well, that probably is a good place to leave it off. I always wanted to do a Christmas episode. We never have ever done one. Uh, it's dicey because you don't want to be the guy who shits all over Christmas because then people are like, look, this is a shitty year. Let us have this one thing. I don't think you have to like or dislike Christmas. You just have to look at it from several different angles. 
look at it scientifically. What does it represent in our culture? What is the environmental impact of it? <laughs> um, some we have to consider with everything going forward. But I, how I feel about Christmas is some of them are good, some of them are bad. You know? Yeah. I, I, Christmas is fine. I don't. I don't have any problem with it. I do have a problem, I guess, with all of the... Uh, I mean, the waste it produces is pretty phenomenal. <laughs> and, like, people that are super into Christmas are a little weird. You know what I mean? Yeah, people, people who are, like, are, 300 more days till Christmas. Yeah, that kind of shit. It's like, man, you're living for the Super Bowl. It's kind of weird. <laughs> but, whatever. Hey. Hark oh, the Herald I'm... Angels sing, I say, pal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. Whatever. No, um, yeah, so, I mean, honestly, if you were truly dedicated to Christmas, it would begin when Jesus was conceived, right? It would begin at conception, because in these, by these people's logic, life begins at conception, and so therefore, when did, when was Jesus conceived? I guess March, probably? Not I don't know, how long does, how long does it take for, uh, the spirit to... How long does it take to produce a child through the unction of the Holy Spirit? <laughs> that if, if if I can do it in nine months, I think the Holy Spirit can best me. You know. I was listening to this bluegrass song on the radio today that was like, "Bringing love and joy, he sent his only boy," and I was like, "That's a really funny way to think about it." <laughs> like, boy, get his down only- there. That's uh, that's God's boy. Can't do nothing with him. <laughs> right. Like He's so- not doing anybody any good up here. Send him down there. I wish they would have canonized some of these sort of um, like forgotten gospels or whatever. Like I think it's like, is it the book of? And hell, I don't even know how like real this shit is. But like, is it the book of um, Judas? that depicts Jesus as kind of this mischievous little kid that would push his friends off roofs and they would die and then he would just resurrect them. On <laughs> <laughs> <Wasn't> that rule. <laughs> I, I, dude, if I could do that, I would just like go like, blow your brains out and just resurrect you. Just, <laughs> you know, and just to be an asshole. <laughs> like, dude, your brains got splattered everywhere, but I brought you back. It's cool. Well, that's the story of Jesus. The, a guy who had immense power and he repressed... The desire to use it, you know? I'm sure he wanted to. Yeah. God. Better man than I am. Yeah. Well, anyways, if you're truly Christian, um, Christmas season starts in March um, and obviously goes up to the day of birth. Um, A funny part of the Christmas story, obviously, is Herod uh, trying to track down a child um, in the (laughs) middle of the night. Very um. weird thing for a grown man to be doing. <laughs> Bring me this baby. Is that be? Is is that because he also saw the Christmas star? Did Herod see that star and say, "I have to kill a child tonight"? <laughs> maybe, maybe he was driven mad by. The, dude, maybe the cosmos just make us mad, and like are basically just like. You know, like you know, kind of like on full moons, like animals act weird. Yeah. Maybe like Dude, just think- things in the stars make us act the way we do, and it just like it just to play out. You know what I mean? I think like it a has story, an effect. Like a grander narrative. 
I think it has an effect. Absolutely, I think it has an effect. I mean, we feed off of those things. We think that they're telling us things. I mean, these are incredibly magnificent and awesome. Like, I use that in the true sense of the word. Like, awesome phenomena. Like, a fucking burning uh, gas ball just in in the sky. You know, I mean, that's a... it's, It's... like I was saying earlier, you have fire, this elemental symbol. We're talking yeah. about a massive ball of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. It's, but, yeah, it's so weird. We just, we, we totally, like, normalize, like, wonder. Yeah, we you normalize. I mean? Exactly. The same thing with the moon. I mean, the moon is fucking incredible. I mean, there's yeah. parts, there's things about it we don't even understand, like the moon illusion. I mean, but it's just this massive fucking rock in the sky. And and yeah, I mean you'd be crazy to think that that didn't affect yeah how people navigate the world the that like the things they read into it that they think might happen or might be coming down the pike. Yeah, I don't know, man. It might drive you to try to find the new baby born and kill it. I mean, <laughs> if you can, folks, don't track down newborn babies nor kill them. That's weird. <laughs> uh, <laughs> And it also might be trying to kill the savior of the world, so. Right. Not great. Right, right. Not a good look. Yeah. But do enjoy your holiday, you know? If, do en- uh, yeah, do enjoy the holiday. You know, also to our uh, our Jewish friends out there, happy Hanukkah. <laughs> you celebrate Kwanzaa, whatever it is you celebrate, enjoy it. And uh, always be looking toward the, the sky. Signs and That's wonders. Right. Yeah. Um, if you want to donate, or it's not a donation. I mean, you're getting something in return. If you want to give to our Patreon, it is the season of giving, I hear. Um, and receiving. We will receive your gift. Uh, if you want to go to patreon.com slash Party, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash Party. You still have... A couple days before the month is over, so why not? Why not get in there? Why get not? on in. Get in there. Get in there. Just get in there. Get in there. Just get in there a little bit. Just get in there a little bit. All right. Well, thanks for joining us uh, for the Christmas special and and everything else. Was this a Christmas episode in the same way Home Alone is, or is this more like a Gremlins one where things get completely? away from you they get out of control felt, felt, felt gremlinish but i think yeah. uh we said we we talked about some things we wanted to talk about which is yeah. nice yeah yeah i agree all right well thanks for listening and um hopefully you can be with your loved ones in some way you, you make sure you do it regardless of how you do it well i mean don't 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 like get covid but if you can do a zoom call or something it's important Something nice. Call your mother. Call your mother. <laughs> find you, find you a nice girl. <laughs> Settle down. Find you a Settle nice girl. Down. Yeah, get get married. Have a couple kids. Fuck it. Yeah. Fuck it. All right. Um, thanks for listening. We'll see you on the Patreon. Goodbye. <laughs>